I took this architecture class in college and I failed. And like the crazy part about the fact that I failed that class is that like it taught me so much about architecture. Like even though I got an F in it, you would never know because I literally remember so many things. Like when I went to Paris and like London, I was looking at the buildings and I was like, oh my God, like I actually know how this stuff was built and that these arches are different from these arches and that, you know, like these pillars are different than those pillars. I even know the word pillars, which apparently isn't a word that no, most people use. And I'm like, people don't use pillar? And they're like, no. And I'm like, wow. Like, <laughs> um, but I failed the class, but it's like, I learned so much. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Gentrification. A little bit. It has been a little while. As you know, life has been lifing for us, so it's been a little minute, but we're going to get back on track. Yes, yes. Excited to keep talking, sharing, hoping to, you know, meet our listeners, learn more about you guys. What about going on in the world? Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. Um, but as you know, this is a gentrification podcast. We like to have cocktails, read articles, discuss those articles back and forth, share what we learn with you guys. And this one is going to be a little different because Sunny didn't read the articles that I read. Yeah, that's true. I didn't read the article, guys. Um, it was my assignment to not read the article, not because I just didn't want to do my homework. Uh, but <laughs> we're going to try a little different this time, right? Right. So I read the articles. Our topic today is going to be the education system in America's report card. Um, but before we get into the topic, let's slide on over to On the Rocks. So over here, I am drinking um, some deep eddy lime mixed with the watermelon strawberry polar salsa water. And y'all, it's fire. I also like to get the good and gather raspberry hibiscus salsa water and mix it with the deep eddy lime. Either one, top notch. I like that though. Like I, I feel that all the flavors you're naming. I've definitely been in a watermelon mood, maybe because it's summer, but yeah, that mm, sounds great. You don't think it's because we black? Back to, but still, actually, I had a long stint where I wasn't eating watermelon, and I just was not trying to be in that box. <laughs> but when I ate it again, I was like, oh my goodness, it's just as good as I remember. Literally. So there's no reason for me to not eat it. <laughs> People be like, oh, I don't really even like watermelon. I'd be like, damn, every time I eat a watermelon, I'd be like, I wish I could hate you. <laughs> for real. And it kind of fills you up. It does. It does. Especially when you get to cut up a, like, a really big one and just kind of snack on it throughout the day. You don't even realize you're not hardly eating nothing. More so walking than anything. Yeah, I took some to work, man. We were doing a training. I was turning off my Zoom camera every time I took a bite. I was like, I will not let these white people see me eating watermelon on the Zoom. <laughs> I will not. 
Wow, that's stereotype, man. I wonder if our, you know, future generations will still have to be dealing with that. Probably. But I don't care if they see me eating chicken. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> everybody eats chicken. Like, it's such a stupid stereotype. Because literally everybody eats chicken. So, <laughs> that's funny. Well, over here, I'm not being too fancy today. I feel like I'm always the one that's least fancy of us two. But, keeping it simple, what's um, cold water, lime, margarita? I did want to jazz it up just a little bit so there was a ashland hard seltzer that i found at trader joe's that came in the tropical cherry flavor so just put a little splash on that just to you know give it a little something special nice but definitely in the summer mood as you are like to keep it sweet and light um got to chill at the beach yesterday so I think what I said there was kind of enough for my weekend, so after this, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right, well, you kind of already started going into the sister check-in. So, what have you been up to? Chilling at the beach, sunny California, living a life? Yeah, we're here in California. Um, I would say close to feeling, like, completely settled in. Not exactly there yet, but getting close. Um, we have our guest room ready, so I've had a few visitors for the summer, and um, yeah, from like a individual standpoint, I've really um, been kind of reevaluating re where I am career-wise and just trying to see how I want to pivot. Um, I, we have a lot of things that we want to do, like so many things that we want to do in the next couple of years, and um it takes money. It takes a lot of money, especially in this economy. And then it also um, takes a little bit of flexibility. So those are the two things that I'm trying to build for myself um, <clears throat> to really be able to hit our goals that we have. What about you? Um, I am basically recovering from Prime Day. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It was for work, but... It was still a show, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I got everything that I wanted to get. Like, half of it was Prime Day deals. The other half was for Pearl. So, you know, those are no deals yes, with cat yes. stuff. She's just whatever. And the crazy part is, is, like, she doesn't even know what's coming. Like, she can't even share this hypeness with me because she don't know. <laughs> it's like, I've been yeah, trying to tell her. I've been trying to tell her, but it's like she doesn't understand. So I'm like, man, I can't wait till her new tower gets here. Um, that'll be exciting. Outside of that, just been working, like really getting things together for work, getting into my new role, you know, as a health educator. It's been pretty nice. I ain't gonna lie. Um, I mean, did we share that you had a little upgrade, a little? I don't know if we got to talk about that on the last. I don't know. I think maybe we did, but I am now a public health educator. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, I won't say where. <laughs> right. No, still, though, you making moves, making moves. Like, you've been in this position or at this job for how long now? Since 2020, right when the pandemic hit. 
So, yeah, like, you got through that really rough transition that everybody was going through and still, you know, moving up in, in the path. So, like, very proud of you. Congratulations. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of stuff to do with that work-wise, like, with <laughs> promotion comes more responsibility for sure. But it's been cool. I've been getting out in the community and stuff, going to events. So I've been enjoying it. Um, And then, yeah, my car today, the battery died. I don't know if the battery is dead, dead or what's going to happen. I just pray that it can wait until Friday. See, that's those curveballs. You're like, you were on a smooth path. You were doing your thing. And then just a very unexpected but. I feel like it'll it'll be fine. Whatever needs to happen will happen, but you you got this. You've been handling things. You've been about your business, friends. So this is just a small bump in the road, and I'm just so proud of you. Thank you. All right. Do you want to move into the agenda? Yeah, I think what we can say, one of the things that we can say just based off our check-in and as we move into the agenda is, like, more money, more problems. Because you were just talking about that, but the school really set us up to make the money that we need to make. You know, that's that's kind of the question that we're dealing with today, right? A little bit? It is. So, yeah, um... Like we said earlier, America's report card was our agenda today in the education system. Um, So for starters, um, how do you want to start? Do you want me to start off? Um, Yeah, you can start off telling me, you know, what you came up with in your article. I did do just a little tiny research. You know, I don't like to be unprepared. Literally. a little dabbling. <laughs> I knew you were like, oh, I read some articles. I'm like, she cannot help herself but to have some sort of information. Like, supposed to be a reactionary episode. Okay, I'm ready. Tell me, tell me your article and I'm ready to react. Let's do this. Okay, so the first thing that I did was went to look up what the nation's report card was. And really it's called the National Assessment of Educational Progress. It started in 1969. That's when they had like the first actual test. It's been it had been in planet plans since like 1964, but the first testing happened in 1969. Um, in 1996, they started allowing like accommodations for kids like who had disabilities and stuff like that. So I found that interesting. Um, in 2001 is when they started to test what we now know as the nation's report card. So they test math and reading for grades four and eight every other year in all states. Um, and it's a progression, it's a congressional mandate that they have to actually do it. And that's where they get the statistics for America's report card off of. Very interesting. I, I think it was like, it really stands out that especially students um, that need accommodations for this testing, how recently. Um, they just started allowing for that because um, in my current role, I, I work with I work for a company that provides coaching and tutoring support for students, and we have a lot of students that are coming in, you know, with those additional accommodations needed. So um, I felt like 
like growing up we kind of knew about it here and there uh but we didn't know as many people or it didn't feel as common as it does now okay so then i went over to pbs okay uh and found a nation's report card and started looking at it so for 2020 i think it was 36 percent of fourth graders were proficient in math and 26 percent of eighth graders were proficient in math this means that they could demonstrate solid academic performance on challenging subject matters and then sorry because (laughs) just you said for fourth graders 36% 36% were proficient at math. Yeah. And 26% 8th graders were proficient at math. Yes. And 2020 was the pandemic though, right? So this, yeah, so this is basing, that's what everybody's saying, like, the low performance is for, like, they attributed to the pandemic. But in this article, they were saying, like, but don't act like, you know, that's it, because... We've been taking a little dip before the pandemic happened. But they did say that lower performing students are falling faster. Like everybody is failing and declining as far as learning is concerned. But those in the lower percentiles are failing and declining quicker than those who are more educated in the higher percentiles. So this is like all across the board. uh, The demographics around like race and background. I mean, yes, they are a factor, but even if you factor those in, everybody's still declining. That's scary. Yeah. Socioeconomic status, everybody's declining. Mm-mm-mm. Man, I mean, and that's something that, you know, it's a really big thought when, you know, we are newly in our 30s trying to plan our lives and our futures and decide how we want to have a family like, Education is huge, and we live in a country where they constantly tell us America has the best education. Yeah, but if it's accessible, that doesn't mean that everybody's getting it. Yeah. So for reading, what? Take a guess for reading. What do you think fourth graders were? Okay, so math they were at thirty six percent. So reading. It's got to be a little bit higher. I'm going to say 45%. 33%. <gasps> Reading is even lower? Yeah. Oh, no. For 8th graders, it's a little higher. It's 31%. So it's higher than what they got in math for 8th graders. But yeah, reader, yeah, reading is lower for 4th graders. Wow. And then, I mean, so when they say... 33% uh, proficient, we're not even, the student isn't even halfway where they need to be when they're at that, that for that subject at that grade level, correct? Correct. And I understand for math because math is cumulative. It builds on what you learned before. So if you don't know how to add and subtract, Multiplication is difficult. Fractions are difficult. Like, it it just, oh, dang, that sucks. And, it's, and so, like I said, I did do a little bit of research. 
Um, but when I looked at the nation's report card for 2023, across the entire country, there was a decline. So, like, there wasn't even one state where math or reading increased. Yeah. Same with 2020 and 2022. So, then I was curious about, like, okay, so, like, what is the problem with our education system? Like, why is this happening? Because people are saying it's a pandemic, but they're also saying, like, it's just all around, like, not useful anymore. Our education system is becoming less and less useful and less and less proficient in teaching kids how to actually be successful in the future. So, I read this article from Medium.com by William Tresender. Um, and he says, the modern American school system was primarily designed to instill discipline, not to foster learning. And so, guess what year the modern education system that we went, we grew up in, like this K through twelve shit. Guess when it was, like came about? Um, nineteen. I'm gonna say fifties. Eighteen thirty-seven. Okay. We are still so on. I was gonna say so. We've had this system around for a long time. And I can tell that, you know, with everyone gearing a lot of their, um, like, subjects towards STEM and, like, you know, the science, technology, engineering, art, and math and stuff. But even when I see, like, a math problem from a fourth grader, and when you say, okay, well, walk me through how you would solve it. It's completely different. Really? I feel like that's the that's the common thing that I hear, especially with my sister. She just graduated high school. The complaint from families were they're doing the 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 work so differently, the math so differently in the schools that the parents can't really even help them with it. Damn. And then you don't want to, like, mess them up and be like, look, this is the old school way. This is the way that I got it. Because right. you have to understand that people learn differently. But at the same time, it's like you they need to master it. They need to master it in order to be successful in life. So in 1837, Horace Mann was the guy credited with creating our modern public education system. And his whole goal was that he needed people to switch from an agricultural mindset to an industrialized mindset. So he thought if you could compete, you would be hired for a job. If you're hired and you're virtuous, you get a promotion. And if you get a promotion, you keep on accumulating promotions and your pay increases. And eventually you reach financial comfort. Ooh, who got time for that? <laughs> So he, he wants to do the starting from the bottom now we here, but take the long route. <laughs> That's unfair. That sucks. Yeah, so and, like... And what needs to be done to challenge him to say, like, okay, things have changed now? So that's where the Medium article comes in. And I like... I like to find little articles on blogs like this because I think it's nice to get like a unbiased opinion and a less 
unless it has like the less cloud it has i feel like the more real it is yes. so they had five habits from school that we need to unlearn but before we do that do you want to talk about what is something you actually learned in school that you found useful um well i kind of revealed this to you a little bit before the show but i was talking about multiplication and it seems like Yes, it's definitely something you need to learn. It applies to life in a lot of ways. But, like, to even the the quickness of calculating things without using a calculator. You don't know how many adults I see pull out a calculator for the simplest calculations. Like tips when you're going out. Like, are we really still up? It's just a quick multiplication. You, you you double the number, you cut, you know, the first number in half. Like, come on. Is it really that hard? I've always moved the decimal once to the left and then doubled that. Exactly, because I mean, that's 20%. I, I tell people all the time, you realize if you double the first number, you're just about at 20%, right? No hard calculation or nothing, just throwing that out there for you. Yeah. And they're kind of like, what? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, like, I mean, like I told you earlier, shout out to my math teacher that taught me multiplication. Can't remember the name off the top of my head, but you did it because pull out one of those one minute multiplication tests right now and I'm ready to go. <laughs> hey. You said I'm smarter than a fifth grader, baby. Like, I mean, and I, I tell you, it's very common. And even with them putting the numbers on the bottom of the receipt, like, <sighs> come on, y'all. Come on. Make sure the math is mathing. Because just because you wrote it on the bottom of this paper doesn't mean it makes sense. They 15s be sounding like an 18. Like, it's just a little fuzzy <laughs> sometimes. And so, yeah, math, I think, was, like, math and reading are the most important. Like, the most important. And even with, for reading, for me, like, in the beginning, it was a struggle. I wasn't interested. But then once you realize, like, no, you needed to do everything else in life, from, like, applying to a job to, like, learning something new. To putting something together, just freaking the instructions, like, reading is that important. So, I will, you know, say that I'm grateful to my school education to have equipped me with those two things. (laughs) I think I'm most grateful for critical thinking. We had a whole lesson on it in school, and I thought it was the dumbest shit ever. I was like, why are we doing this? This is so stupid. Like, because for me, critical thinking is like how I always thought. It's like, why would we need to know that you should analyze what you're being told and evaluate it to see like, is this true? Does this seem like it's coming from a reliable source? That's common sense to me. And then when I got to college, I realized how much is not common sense. Like, people do not know how to think critically. Like, processing for people is just mm -mm. time management mm -mm. 
We, I feel like we did get those things that, you know, a lot of people truly missed. <laughs> yeah, critical thinking is definitely a big one. And it's funny because I started to write that down on my list as far as things that they don't teach us. But like you said, you know, from the educational background we came from, they actually did focus on it. Um, but not every school does it. Okay, so moving on to the things that we didn't learn in school. What are we going to do? Two of these? Two things that we didn't learn in school? Sure, I got five on my list, but I'm good for two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, share as many as you want. Um, One thing that I feel like I didn't learn in school that would have been helpful is about cars. Like, because like, like today, for example, when my battery died, now everybody's like, oh, you need to take it to a center to get tested, like. Bay was like, take it to like an AutoZone or O'Reilly's or something and they'll test it for you. And I was like, the thing is, is that like those people can lie to me and I wouldn't know it. <laughs> they can be like, you need a brand new battery. And I'll be like, okay, like, I guess I need a brand new battery. Like, I have no choice but to believe them. Like, I don't, I opened up the hood in my car. I couldn't tell what was going on. I don't know why I opened up the hood. It was a waste of time. I could barely figure out how to get the hood open. It took me like a good three minutes of rubbing around. My fingers are black as hell. For rubbing under the hood, and then I finally found a little lash, which was right in front of me the whole time. Like, it's... Whew. They don't teach you about cars. Even now, my car, like, warns me about everything. Like, I know how much, like, fuel percentage I have left of oil. But I'm like, okay, but at what percentage do I go get my oil changed? Do I wait till it's at zero? It can't be, right? You can't wait till zero, like, 25%. Like, these are the things that you need to know. Like... That's true. That's true. I mean, I agree. I didn't put cars on my list because I know we always go into that. Whether it's, like you said, checking the battery, changing a flat tire, freak, just trying to get your insurance straight from time to time. Like, it's all just this, I'm shooting in the dark and learning as I go because I've never had, you know, an official setting to learn how this operates. And yet, when you get your driver's license, they don't say nothing to you about none of that stuff. That could easily be incorporated incorporated on the text. It really could. But it, like, it, it totally could. How can, can you check to see if your battery is good? Can you check to see if your oil is good? Can you change your tires? Like... Where do you find the PSI for your tires on the car? Like, literally, like, in the wintertime when that... <laughs> oh, my God. When the fucking... Little thing comes on the tire pressure signal, and I'm like, Oh my god, I literally go and fill it up until the light goes off. I don't know what the number is. Like, some of mine be at 36, some of them be at 32. Like, I don't know. If the light's off, I'm good. Like, and the fact that when the engine light come on, people keep rolling to like, I gotta see smoke in order to stop this mug. And it's like, No. <laughs> Your car is literally telling you something is wrong, but as long as it's riding, you're going to keep rolling. (laughs) So, yeah, that's one thing that I didn't learn in school. What's one thing you didn't learn? Um, I guess going with yours, my one that'll kind of match that, it's like home ownership and home repairs. Like, I'm not even a homeowner. But I've looked into the process a couple times, and it just looks so daunting that I'm just like, mm, let me take a couple steps back, not quite ready for that. Like, 
it just seems all so intimidating. Like, society tells you it's a big goal, like, as being an adult, to buy your own house. But all of the things that it entail with that, you don't know until you're in the house and it's happening. Yeah. Even how to use your home insurance. What does your home insurance cover? Like I was just about to say that because like my sister has home insurance and like their water heater exploded like multiple times. Not like fire explode, but like the water went everywhere explode. And like their refrigerator also like went out for a while. And I'm like, so does home insurance cover that? Like are they gonna cover like all y'all spoiled food? Like my sister's fridge be packed. You've seen it. <laughs> It's like, that's a lot of food to lose. Like, are they going to cover that? Like, how much do you have to pay for these types of things? Like, they got their floor and their basement changed from carpet to, like, a, like, you know, water, a floor that's water resistant or something like that. It's like, does homeowner insurance pay for that? Do y'all get a discount for that? Like, the roof, like, all types of stuff. And I'm just like, what is insurance for? Like... I'm starting to get irritated with insurance. It doesn't cover so many things that you would want to be insured for. Man, people's AC going out left. You mean to tell me it's 100 plus degrees? My AC is broken. And if I call a repair person and it's not covered in my home insurance, I'm paying thousands of dollars to get a new AC. Central air heating is not cheap. Like, that stuff is crazy. So... Yeah, I mean, that one is just a big one for me. And then my thing is, they instill in you so much how it's so important to own a house and to have your own, to start to create generational wealth. But then it's like, I don't even know how to approach that. Like, you can, you can learn now. Thank goodness for YouTube University and all of these Facebook groups out here. They have a space where you can ask questions to people that you just never knew. But at the same time, you kind of feel like, what the heck was I in school for, for for some of those 15, 20 years, if I don't know anything? I don't know what can really help me make take the steps in life that I need to take. Yeah. Okay, so another thing I didn't learn in school... Which, I don't know if it's something that I should even, like, be upset about not learning in school. Because I don't think any of my teachers could have given me advice on this. And I would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take your advice. But, like, how to be in a, like, a successful relationship. And, like, how to, like, you know how now you have things, like, where people talk about, like, intimate relationships, intimate partner violence, and, like, how to spot red flags and stuff like that. Like, when I worked at Planned Parenthood, like... I definitely, like, learned a lot of that stuff. But I'm like, they didn't teach you any of this in school. Like, they didn't teach us what grooming was. Like, it would be, it would have been nice to know what grooming was before I was, like, an 18-year-old off to college, like, vulnerable to being groomed by, like, 40-year-old sugar daddies. Like, (laughs) like, it would have been nice to know, like, that my boyfriend going through my phone is, like, not, is a bad sign. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Things like that because it's like you don't think about it and you don't really like sit down and like learn those things all the time. And a lot of us didn't grow up in households where we saw like good functioning relationships like, you know. So it's like, I mean, you did because you grew up with black love galore, of course. But I mean, it, it was 
it was a variety, um, honestly and truly. It was definitely um, a lot of happy, successful black relationships, but there were some some broken ones too. And um, I've experienced both firsthand, so I definitely um, understand where you're coming from when you say relationships, and I think that does correlate with another that I had around processing emotions. Because you deal with so many emotions from kindergarten to high school, and your parents just want to protect you, so you don't really want to all the time tell them all of the bad things that are happening, because they'll go into just protection mode, and then... On top of that, you're so focused, your your teachers and educators are so focused on teaching the subjects, the actual materials, that they're like, okay, you're just having a moment and go handle that and come back when you're ready to continue learning. And so I really feel like, you know, like you said, the relationships, understanding your emotions, like, yeah, you touch on it very little when you're in, like, elementary school. They tell you happy, sad. But you don't realize that there's an emotion wheel that has over a hundred different emotions on it. And how, you know, you're in situations that triggers those emotions or how to really explain what you're feeling besides the basic just happy, sad, mad, you know, the basics that we know. And so I think that's a really big one because, like you said, under understanding who you are in the relationship and how you are in like how you are with that other person and just you know the red flags that can come up understanding the emotions that you're feeling especially to be like like you said so young going from high school to college and your hormones are still peaking they're still like raging and you're coming across so many different people and just even how to take on all of those different energies and how they can affect you and stuff. And I get that's a little bit deeper than just, you know, your day-to-day emotions and things like that, but it's so suppressed. It's so so much of a subject that is not discussed in real world. It's like always a closeted conversation to the point where people don't know how to handle them. That's how things happen when someone doesn't know how to process or handle their emotions and then they just react. So... It's that's a big one. That's a big one. That one wasn't the one I was gonna say, but that one is definitely a big one for me. Yeah, I feel like some of the things like I looked up a few different like lists of like things you didn't learn in school, and some of the things I'm like grateful for the school I went to because I'm like I actually did learn how to budget, how to write a check, even though now like it's obsolete. I learned how to write cursive. <laughs> Like, again, another thing that's obsolete, writing in cursive. I learned how to type. Learning how to type, oh my goodness. I know people who are in their 40s and 50s who don't know how to type. And they're, like, pressing, like, index finger at a time. I'm like, yo. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. I Still to this day, I do little typing tests just trying to... You know, check my speed, see what I can do to practice and improve a little bit. Like, because this stuff to happen right now. Yeah. So they're saying that um, in the article that I read, it was talking about how the reason that the school system that Horace Mann came up with no longer works is because of the good enough mentality and mindset that the country had from like 1830 to like the 1980s. 
But after the 1980s, that's when, like, technology started happening. So, like, from 1830 to 1980, things advanced, but they advanced so slowly. But then when the internet came and just, like, broke the world, things, like, advanced astronomical in such a short period of time. So, like, from 1990 or 1980 to now, more changes have occurred and quicker than all the changes that occurred between 1830 and 1980. Yeah, but I mean, we have to realize that things are moving at a faster pace than that now. Like, it's this is just the time where we have to adapt. And going back to the education piece, from what I've been told, I don't have any kids. It sounds like things are going a little different in school, and it's not a matter of pointing fingers at people and playing the blame game. It's really about how to address this and fix this for the future because at the end of the day 33 percent for fourth graders when it comes to being proficient in reading and 31 percent for eighth graders when it comes to being proficient in reading is just horrible (laughs) you can't let it go but we're not optimizing it we're not using it for anything okay so, some habits from school that we all could unlearn. I'll let you know what all five of them are, and we can deep dive into, like, two or three of them so we don't drag on too long. Gotcha. Okay, so the first one is filling up the day with time-based activities. Hmm. The second one I is... The second one, accepting whatever you're assigned. Oh, yeah, that's... I'm learning that one now. Okay. The third one is completing projects at last minute. Ooh, college and that procrastination. Oh, man. The tears and the late night papers. The the amount of times that my grandparents died. (laughs) Or aunt or uncle unexpectedly died so that I could get extra time on the paper. Like... Okay, obsessing over quantified scores and ranks. Mm, see, that is America, but at the same time, we give a lot of participation prizes away too. So I think like we got to find a happy, happy medium there because just because you try doesn't mean you succeeded. And that was something. Matter of fact. That's going to be my number two, because I didn't say my number two. Oh, uh, like we learning how to fail? Yes. Yes. That is something we don't learn. Like, these participation rhythms are going to people's heads. That's what he touched on, and I'll touch on it a little, in obsessing over quantified scores and ranks. So what he's saying is, is that, like, failing, the way that we're taught, like, if you fail, it's, like, the worst thing in the world. And you're just punished for that, essentially, or you're chastised or, you know, you're embarrassed, berated, whatever. But if you teach people that failure is not something to be afraid of because it's inevitable, everybody is going to fail at some point in life. But because we don't teach people that failing is okay, we don't know how to deal with it. And we have a much more like emotional reaction to failing than somebody else would have if they actually were brought up in a in a situation where they learn how to be okay with failure and comfortable with like well it's not failure I just had a little roadblock so I'm just gonna 
get up and dust myself off and keep it going. For me, it's different. Like, I took this architecture class in college, and I failed. And, like, the crazy part about the fact that I failed that class is that, like, it taught me so much about architecture. Like, even though I got an F in it, you would never know because I literally remember so many things. Like, when I went to Paris and, like, London, I was looking at the buildings, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I actually know how this stuff was built and that these arches are different from these arches and that... You know, like, these pillars are different than those pillars. I even know the word pillars, which apparently isn't a word that no, most people use. And I'm like, people don't use pillar? And they're like, no. And I'm like, wow. Like, <laughs> um, but I failed the class, but it's like, I learned so much that, like, it's crazy to me that I failed it. And I didn't think that I was learning anything from it until I actually got around that type of architecture. And I was like, well, shit. The class that I took taught me about this. Like, we studied this building in particular, like Notre Dame, and it was, like, super interesting. So, I definitely had a different viewpoint of failure after that. Yeah. Yeah, that one, I... That's a big one. That's a big one because it, it determines how resilient you are and how, how much you're able to continue with life. Because some people, those failures, they just get stuck on it and they can't figure out how to move past it. So, yeah, I didn't realize that was something that I really should have learned in in school, but life will teach it. (laughs) Life will teach that one for sure. And then the last habit that we all need to unlearn from school is sitting still for eight plus hours a day. Yeah, that sucks. I just had a breakdown at work with my boss about getting me a standing desk. She was like, D, those things are like $400. I was like, I don't care. I need it. I have sciatica. Literally, I had to take the medical rep. I was like, I got sciatica. And I do. I was like, literally, I was like, do I have to like get a note from my doctor? Like, because I will. Like, that's how serious it is for me to have a standing desk. Like, sitting down is the epitome of just, I can't do it. I mean, and I think about that a lot, too, because I'm just like, part of me is open to a job where I have to move around because I know it's not good to just be sitting at a desk for eight hours straight. And, like, I get that we're, like, coming up with, like, gadgets and stuff. Like you said, the standing desk, the walking treadmill, like, the little treadmill that goes under the desk and stuff. Like, I get it. But at the same time, like, can we be like other countries and just take a break at three o'clock and call it a day? 
That would be amazing. But we need to really, like, a universal go outside or something because people don't do it. People don't do it. It's very easy to just stay in your house for long periods or just sit and lay for long periods. I get on my coworkers at work about not taking our two 15-minute breaks. I'm like, yo, you got two 15-minute breaks. Use them. Like, for real. I go outside and walk around the building. I call you all the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm walking at work. Because it's like, I have to get out of that building. We have, And now that I'm in an office with no windows, it drives me insane. I don't care if I'm not hungry, if I'm not anything. I need to just go outside and get some fresh air, see the sun, breathe, and not think about this for a minute. <laughs> like, that one is huge. Well, that was a really good list as far as, like, things that we need to unlearn. I think that was, yeah, like, a lot of those really stood out. Um. I would be excited to see, like, the education system revamped. I know that's not really my realm, and I'm not trying to put more work on the teachers because I know they're working hard out here, but um, just even just the glimpse that I've seen through the, the tutoring and coaching company that I work for, like, it, it's, some, it's some gaps with these students, and, like, the parents don't know what to do. And so it's it's almost like okay, we need to look at the education system overall, and and what we can do to make this better. Well, like my sister works at a school that has Reggio learning, so Reggio school, and then I remember the kids that I was nanny went to a Montessori school. Yeah. So like a Reggio. Lots of of styles out there so i'm sure like you know some of those fill the gaps but for the public education system which is what majority of our students are in does this really work i mean my sister's at a public school so it's like somewhat working so reggio focuses on collaborating or collaborative small group work where learning is supported by others and montessori encourages individual work with built-in controls of error Leaving the children free to work. So, like, with Montessori, you're not constantly checking in with the student. Um, and with Reggio, it's like a social constructive philosophy of education where the students construct their own meaning within a social context and environment. So, I feel like a lot of schools, like private schools, are going towards, like, a Montessori or a Reggio. Like, my friends who are, who have kids, they're like, oh, I'm looking at daycares. Like, I have two friends looking at daycares, and one of them is, like, only wants Montessori. And the other one is like, I'll do Reggio or Montessori. She doesn't really care. She's like, I just want to be a good school. But I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Like, listening to the, like, things that you have to think about. <laughs> I mean, even with me, like, you know, looking at houses for uh let's move to california even though we don't have kids right now we still i still very closely paid attention to what the education was in the area like because it does determine what schools they go to and um like my godson is in montessori and i know a few others that are in montessori and it seems like it's, it's definitely beneficial but you know 
even when you don't have kids, it's still something you kind of have to look at because the future could happen before you know. <laughs> oh, goodness. It can. So, I mean, for me right now, we're good. <laughs> but still. <laughs> hey, I'm a-okay. I know I'm a-okay in that, in that regard. The future's not happening over here anytime soon. We got a but, couple more years. But still at the same time, even with this housing search, that was something that I did pay close attention to. And then that I do think about is like, how can I make sure that my child gets the best education possible? And homeschooling is really big in California. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Homeschooling like, is becoming big everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, it definitely gives me something to think about because you have to be ready for life. I I see where, you know, recent high school graduates are <laughs> and how they're preparing to move into college. And I'm like, I kind of feel like we were maybe a little bit more prepared. But um, Well, I mean, I feel like once the pandemic hit, they didn't have a real plan for like, online teaching and online schooling there was no way to really regulate what the kids were doing my sister said she had a student who had his picture it just looked like he wasn't moving but his picture just looked like him staring at the computer like the background it's like he took a picture of himself on a webcam and then made that his photo so teachers (laughs) thought it was him they're like oh look at him being still like you know just chilling like no in the background, he had no mute. He couldn't help. <laughs> had to have a whole meeting and stuff like with parents. Like, kids are very, very mischievous and they find a way around everything. But it's like when they lost being at school during the pandemic, there was no like catch up year, you know? Yeah, that's true. And it was like they were like not learning shit left and right. Like, Education went downhill, and there was like to, to hold everybody back for one year to make sure that like there's still more coming up the pipeline. You got to keep the, the train moving, and like you said, it's kind of more so about like how they adjust to things like that. And sometimes you got to look at other countries, their models of education. That was my other thing. Yeah, that was my other thing for this. As far as access to best education, the U.S. falls in the top. Um, But when it comes to most educated people, we're not in the top five. (laughs) That's a little scary. Other countries lie. I don't care. I read a whole thing and I wasn't going to bring it up, but since you brought it up. I read a whole article about how China lies about its intellectual achievements for its students and how everybody thinks uh, all the kids in China are super smart, but really they're not at all. Like, and I was like, let me find out. (laughs) Let me find out. Y'all over here cheating? Because seriously, like, I know that, like, China is, like, what America competes with the most, like. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think this was awesome. We definitely, you know, have some things that we need to continue to learn. um, Because we didn't learn them in school. 
but I think it's also important that we continue to um, talk about topics like this because even though we don't have kids right now, we know people that this is directly affecting. And, um, and more importantly, outside of knowing people who have kids, fuck them kids. My tax dollars go <laughs> to the educate the local education system. And I don't want my money to be wasted. What's that other side of you coming out? <laughs> Look, I don't <laughs> I don't want my money wasted. Like I don't like what am I paying taxes for? For the school system to be better. What am I out here every now and again playing the lottery for? If y'all not going to use this money to make schools better. That's very true. Yeah. And we do dedicate so much money to the education system. And we've seen in too many instances that this money is going everywhere but to the students. And, and the teachers. <laughs> the teachers don't get it either. So, uh, yeah. It's just, it's important. And it's part of our lives and I'm glad that we got to talk about it today um, it still gives me lots to think about as I plan for the future me too well wrap up our agenda and we can move into our affirmation here we go this one is about um, success because uh yeah, we've just been talking about education and life and future. So um, it's it's a simple one, but yeah. And this is a a quote from Michelle Obama. But the affirmation is, "Am I good enough?" The answer is, "Yes, I am." Oh wow! For yourself, ask yourself. Am I good enough? And you make sure, make sure to respond. Yes, I am. So, yeah. It's a little yeah. Bob the Builder esque. Can we I fix know. it? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't. I didn't want to get into the numbers and the weeds and the details, but just you know, starting with the person, starting with the individual, and knowing that even when they don't teach you all the things that you need to know, you are still good enough. Yes, you are. That is beautiful. All right. All right. Well, that is another episode of Gentrification. Hit us up on Instagram at Gentrification Podcast. I think it's Gentrification Pod. Yeah. Gentrification Pod. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, but now that Twitter is being limited to how many tweets you can look at, we're going to continue to not use it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Find us on Spotify and Apple and Instagram. All right. Peace out.